Welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joe Boris, and we are here with the next episode in our ongoing series with Zygo. Now, this is episode four, and uh, we're looking at this. It's how software will transform and accelerate supply chain decarbonization. And, uh, you know, obviously for many organizations, scope three emissions not only make up the highest amount of their total footprint, but also the most difficult to address. And according to Deloitte's Sustainability Action Report, 86% of companies reported challenges just measuring scope three emissions. That's not even acting on reducing them. We're joined today by Dave Rimkus, the Associate Director of Supply Chain Renewables at Schneider Electric, and Vishnu Nair, Head of Operations for Zygo Activate. And uh, I'm, of course, Joe Boris, the, the host of Clean Tech Talk. And uh, we're going to unpack why Scope 3 is so complicated and what we can do about it. So can you introduce yourselves a little bit and provide some context about your expertise and when it comes to supply chain decarbonization? Yeah, th- thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Yeah, Dave Rimkus, as Joe said, Associate Director of Schneider Electric. Majority of my background is in procurement operations, supplier development. So working really the past decade and a half with small and medium-sized companies, really understand kind of what makes them tick, what makes them think. Right now, I lead our overall supply chain decarbonization program at Schneider, partnering with large multinationals, understanding their scope three goals, their pain points, and then bringing in their suppliers, educating them, engaging them on how to reduce their own scope one and scope two emissions, ultimately reducing the large multinational scope three. So appreciate being here, Joe. Look forward to it. So my name is Vishnu Nair. I am the head of operations for a product called Zygo Activate. Activate is our carbon management solution for small and medium-sized companies. And as part of developing Activate, we've spent a lot of time talking to small and medium-sized businesses in many parts of the world to to understand the challenges they face in in reducing their emissions and also explaining how software can help. My background is in product leadership. In the 12 years that I've been with Schneider Electric, I've worked on new product development as well as product evolutions on both the engineering as well as the product management side. So this means that I've worked very closely with the supply chains of multiple products across the globe that had factories in different places, worked on uh, initiatives like circular business models with them, uh, product carbon footprinting, and so understand the challenges involved in trying to uh, deploy those initiatives internally within supply chains as well. Nice to be here, and thank you for having me. Of course. Now, why is supply chain decarbonization becoming such a crucial focus for businesses today? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at that one here real quick. So, you know, what we're seeing, Joe, in the market is a lot of goals. Large companies have set scope three goals right for specific reasons mainly hitting in 2025 or 2030 but what we're finding within the market is we have a lot of these large companies set the goals but they may not have a robust glide path to really hit some of those goals within their supply chain so there's a lot of pressure from street investors from from the direct investors to say what is our plan how are you going to hit that but they're also looking at if you don't have a scope three glide path plan for your operations where else is there risk in your business and and what other gaps do you have to close So there's increased pressure. They are looking to get better clarification on their spend, where their suppliers are located, but really what plans are in place and how do they really educate and engage those suppliers to take action 
because they will fail and they won't hit their goals to drive scalable decarbonization within the environment around them unless those small, medium-sized businesses within their supply chain are taking the right action. So you have pressures from investors on a large multinational, a lot of pressures coming into the small, medium-sized businesses from larger companies as well. And it's really an ecosystem of pressure to take action and drive scalable impact. So you know, it sounds like we're really what we're really talking about here is the intersection of software and decarbonization. This is something that's kind of been an ongoing conversation within Zygo or, or with Zygo rather. So how does software play such a pivotal role in helping businesses reduce the carbon footprint of their supply chains? So I wouldn't say that supply chain decarbonization is ever easy. However, I do think that software can make supply chain decarbonization easier, right? And so with, with any supply chain program, the end result that you're looking for is uh, reduced emissions, right? And that end result is directly connected to how well your suppliers engage with your supply chain program. And this is where software plays that pivotal role. It's, it's oversimplifying it a little bit, but ultimately what you're looking for is an engaged supplier, which then leads to the reduction that you that you need, right? And so in this regard, software designed the right way can definitely uh, make a difference. And what are some of the key challenges that software can address in the supply chain decarbonization efforts? So software, I mean, you have to look at the alternative, right? Without software, you're talking about emails and phone calls and in-person events and all of that stuff. So software is an alternative to that. And, and as an alternative to that, software can make it easier to communicate the objectives to your suppliers. It can provide learning and content for them in a scalable fashion, right? You're not limited by in-person events anymore. And it can even make it easier to calculate the supplier's carbon data, receive guidance on what to do, and maybe in our case, our software even helps you connect with the, the solution providers that can deploy those actions for you. So even not knowing who to call won't be a problem uh, with us. Yeah, it's a good point, Vishnu. And, and really, Joe, in the market today, we see a lot of the small, medium-sized companies almost suffering from survey fatigue, right? There's a lot of yes. ass coming at them. There's a ton of actions. A lot of them don't have sustainability leadership teams or sustainable procurement. So they're kind of fielding all these requests and they're all a little bit different coming in, right? It takes it takes a lot of resources and a lot of time and they don't have the expertise potentially on site to do that. So that's a huge piece, Vishnu, I think within the software is really streamlining that communication and making it very clear and concise for helping these companies take action. Yes. And that's where it makes a difference, right? So to the suppliers, it's about... How easy is it for them to engage? Is Do I understand what I'm seeing on my screen? Am I given the tools to help make it easier for me to respond to this? Do, do I have ways to respond to the, the calculations that they want? Are there tools? And is there any support coming to me from my sponsors through the software as well, right? Are they making additional tools available to me? Are they providing expertise? And all of that can be handled through software to improve that engagement and therefore drive the reduction. Hello, cleantech enthusiasts. If you enjoy cleantech talk and cleantechnica, please consider pitching in a few dollars a month at cleantechnica.com slash support. That's cleantechnica.com slash support, where you can sign up in seconds with a credit card, pitch in a few dollars a month or whatever you like. Some people actually contribute $100 a month to help us cover climate change and clean tech and try to help the world one word at a time. Thank you. Well, and part of that, of course, is what we were talking about earlier as far as even getting that data. It's providing visibility 
into the carbon emissions throughout the process, right? And this is something that the software makes essentially makes possible, right? So can you talk a little bit about how software does that, how this software can help companies get more visibility into their carbon emissions? Yeah, no, it's a great point, Joe. So when we take a look at some of the programs that we have today, it's really that visibility is absolutely key because a lot of clients come to us say, Hey, I know where I, I know where my spend is. I know what regions or countries we're in. I don't really understand where they're at on their supply chain journeys. Help me understand their maturity. Are they buying renewables today? Are they taking scope one abatement actions in their own operations? Right. So within our programs today, we actually onboard these suppliers through our supply chain programs and we are asking them high-level information about their maturity, where they're at, where they're located, what actions have they taken, right? We start pegging that maturity and I start understanding, do they have targets? Where do they want to go and what do they want to do within their decarbonization journey, I would say? And then as we start learning about these suppliers and having really that one-on-one interaction with quite a bit of them, we start identifying those hot spots, right? Or segments where there might be a specific opportunity for these small and medium-sized companies to take action to decarbonize because it's not theoretically a one-size-fits-all, right? To take the action. There's different size of operations, different locations. So it's really onboarding them, learning about them in a common platform. And then that gives us really good visibility about how to take action with them. Can you give us an example or, or an instance of where that kind of visibility led to a significant reduction in, in uh, supply chain emissions? Yeah, it's, it's so good point. I, want, I probably want to bring up Energize, our Energize program. It's a, it's a program where we partner with 19 of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, right? And we, the thought here is, is can we drive an industry focus or almost, it's not really a program anymore, Joe. I mean, a lot of people talk about it. It's almost a movement within that pharma industry because a lot of these pharmaceutical companies share the same suppliers, right? So as they join the program, we get visibility into what suppliers are supplying to which of these large multinationals. And we're literally back building from a network effect perspective on who supplies who, and as we guide these suppliers to take action, there's multiple pharma companies at the scope three level that, that feel the impact and feel the benefit of that. So it's a really powerful program where that it's working with one client. We're actually looking at and decarbonizing the entire sector within the Energize program. So what tools and features do some of the software platforms offer to help businesses develop and implement these emissions reduction strategies that you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. So w- within our Zygo suite, we have we have multiple different opportunities within Zygo. One, I'll speak to first, and and then obviously I want Vishnu to comment as well on on Zygo. But Zygo Hub is, is one that we have today that falls within that Zygo suite. And really, it really what this is is this is where we invite suppliers into a dedicated platform for them to start learning from Schneider Electric subject matter experts. Right, we have a very unique opportunity in the market today. We are one of the top advisory consulting firms and from a from a renewable energy and sustainability business perspective. So we bring in those experts to really do deep dive training with these suppliers after we understand and where their maturity is at and then bring them along that education and engagement journey. And not only that, we also have that top supply chain company in the world now through Gartner, right? So you combine those two things. It's a really powerful offer that holds a lot of credibility with the top experts in the industry to help educating these small and medium-sized suppliers within Zygo Hub of really understanding how to take action with each of those. Yep. 
Yeah, so when you look at small and medium-sized suppliers, right, uh, their kind of needs are different. So if you take a supply chain program, you're going to have different suppliers, different sizes, different problems, and different expectations, right? So some suppliers may have challenges around the calculation piece. They don't know how to calculate the carbon footprint. They don't know what a baseline is sometimes. Some suppliers may be aware of the calculation piece, but they're kind of stuck about what do they do about it, right? And maybe they don't have the scale for larger options like solar or wind, in which case they're they're looking for guidance and all right, what do I do, right? And so you really need uh, support for suppliers, regardless of where their maturity is. And so it helps to have a wide array of features and capabilities to, to make sure that you're giving the right support to the, to the right suppliers. Is there like a, I, I, you know, in other industries you talk about best practices, right? Is there a best practice or strategy that the software can help facilitate? Yeah. You know, it's a great question. So I'll pick out one kind of specific example that the programs that we have within supply chain decarbonization today are, are pretty unique. And, and we were kind of the first to market to do these types of things. So specifically around renewable energy, within different programs, we have power purchase agreements or virtual pur- power purchase agreements. What we're, what we're doing is you need a specific electrical load to really start connecting with developers on these types of projects to drive true additionality in the market than renewables today. And really the small and medium-sized suppliers, or sometimes even some of the large suppliers that don't have that large load, they don't have the access to these types of programs or these projects. So what we've been able to do within some of our programs is with that visibility, with the software, you know, our ability to educate and engage and, and learn is we start identifying four to five, six, seven suppliers that may have a smaller load, put those into a cohort right, or a group together that makes increases their, uh, I would say, electrical load and demand and creates more attractiveness to connect that to developers in the market and helps them go to market to maybe an avenue where they might not have had that before without the assistance of some of the programs that we potentially have today. So you talk about putting these companies, these different organizations into a cohort, right? And this is all done through your software. You can identify them, get them to work together in this way. What are some of the other ways you can encourage collaboration between these businesses and their suppliers you know, to, to basically collectively work to reduce emissions? Yeah, and, and it's a good point. So the first one that we talked about was breaking through, collaborating with your with your peers or with your competition, right? Energize does that today. So Historically, in my supply chain background, we will always hold things very tight to the vest, always hold a leg up within supply chain from a cost and and strategy perspective. But when it comes to working with our suppliers, we share a lot of the same suppliers, right, Mm -hmm. within these specific industries. And we want to streamline that communication. So that's why programs like Energize or a new one like Catalyze that we just launched, which really focuses not so on the pharma sector like Energize, but on the semiconductor sector with with Catalyze, is how do we really break down those barriers between these competitive companies and really kind of walk in, in line together and help our suppliers and drive that collaboration, right? And the suppliers see it as a powerful journey because they're getting the same message from their clients. They're not getting different messages or different streamlined community, you know, different guidelines or, or targets. It's a common target they're all walking towards. And as they take the action, their clients who are working together in these programs are really seeing a huge benefit of driving that collaboration within the industry for these SMEs or small, medium-sized enterprises. 
Can you give us an example of uh, a successful engagement? Sure, I, I think I can take that one. So sure. I'll take our own supply chain as an example. So Schneider Electric has a supply chain program called the Zero Carbon Project, where we ask for volunteers from our supply base to achieve a target of 50% reduction of their operational emissions by 2025. Over a thousand of our suppliers volunteered, right? And among them, we had suppliers that weren't large corporations. So what was surprising uh, was that despite being smaller in size and not having the scale to decarbonize with aggregated renewables, they were still keen on reducing their emissions like their larger peers, right? There was this, we can do it too. Just because we're small, it doesn't mean that we don't have options. We want to do something, right? So they've got that drive to keep up with the larger uh, peers. And so they came to us looking for help and we provided them access to our Zygo Activate software, which has a recommendation engine built in for actions that you can take to reduce your emissions. So a few months later, they reached out to us to let us know that they were implementing an energy efficiency uh, program on their HVAC system which uh, our, our software had uh, recommended to them. So that was that was amazing. It was a it was within a span of, uh, I think, one or maybe two months uh, after they started using the software. So it can make a make a big difference to the companies that need the help. For sure. You know, and when we talk about efficiency, we always talk about efficiency in two ways. Right. We talk about carbon efficiency, sustainability, that kind of efficiency. But there's also economic efficiency. Right. How can some of these uh, supply chain carbonization effort, decarbonization efforts rather, translate into cost savings and increased business efficiency? So with any supply chain, you're going to have some suppliers for whom renewables are not a feasible decarbonization lever. Could be geography, regulations, tenancy structures, or even financing. So usually it's small and mid-sized companies uh, that kind of face this because it's also connected to scale, as I mentioned earlier. So for these types of companies, they tend to actually prefer energy efficiency as their lever for emissions reductions. It's, it's uh, energy efficiency it usually involves a more straightforward return on investment are there quantifiable returns on investment associated with some of these efforts with with energy efficiency for sure yeah there's, i mean there's, there's energy examples, savings but... yeah 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 there's a lot of examples um but to go with the one that's most recent in my mind uh, one of our customers was part of a supply chain program and they told us that they were struggling with peak demand charges from their utility which was kind of cutting into their costs uh, or profits and they were uh, also facing power outages from the same utility, which really like wow. combined together, those two elements really disrupted their operations, right? And so they were they were very frustrated. And, and uh, one of the projects that was recommended to them through our platform was to deploy an on-site microgrid system, which would solve both problems. And so now they're considering this decarbonization action for the savings and improved operational efficiency that would that would provide them. So uh, there's there's definitely a lot of examples for energy efficiency and how it can help you uh, reduce your emissions in a way that gets you your money back. Right. Now that's a very specific need, right? Because not every company is going to be facing that kind of downtime, that kind of savings. So how do you customize the solutions to meet the specific needs of each customer, right? Because you obviously don't have one solution for brownouts, one solution for someone else. How do you do that in an effective way so that you can kind of customize their roadmaps and, and really build value for, for these smaller and mid-cap companies? There's a, there's a lot 
that software can do through customization. But there's also now this increasing presence of AI that's kind of connected to software as well, right? So AI in combination, I mean, it is software at the end of the day. So that approach basically uh, allows us to uh, deploy a greater degree of customization uh, to the solutions that we would recommend to our customers because it allows us to understand the customers themselves uh, much better. Um, so I'd also add that it's also the application of the software that needs to be customized and not just the software, right? So for example, if you have a supply chain program, uh, it's very uh, important to make sure that the supply chain program is designed the right way, right? So if you just run straight to software without doing the necessary groundwork for that software deployment to succeed, then it's not going to succeed. And one example I can give you is uh, incentives for a supply chain program, right? So if you're going to set up a supply chain program, you need to make sure that the incentives for the suppliers to actually engage are uh, effective and clear. And, and without that right kind of foundation of the incentives being in place, you know, it doesn't matter if you deploy software because then that that uh, reason to act on the supplier side may be a little uh, impacted by the fact that it's not clear why they should, what's in it for them, right? And so software is definitely uh, customizable, but it needs to be deployed with that kind of uh, ecosystem that's already customized for a software deployment, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. You know, you, you say the word why that some of these companies may not understand why, right? So obviously we talked a little bit with Dave about some of the, uh, you know, some of the pressures from Wall Street and things like that, but there's also regulations and standards that need to be uh, complied with, right? So how does the software help businesses stay compliant with uh, environmental regulations and kind of answer that why question in, in that respect? Yeah, yeah. So this applies to uh, some markets. Unfortunately, for the planet, it does not apply in every market. So some markets are more give uh, that time, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So some markets are more uh, regulation driven. The others are more kind of uh, you know customer driven. I guess you could say. So in terms of uh, reporting to to regulatory bodies, carbon data is not in a state like energy data. So for example, with energy, you have, uh, you know, reporting platforms like Energy Star Portfolio Manager or something where you can, all you need to do is just report your emissions, right? And you've got your regulatory compliance for reporting. Carbon, on the other hand, it's still evolving that regulatory market of what exactly should you be reporting. So I don't know if it's got to a point where the only thing that's needed is just the carbon data. Carbon is kind of nested within the overall sustainability or ESG kind of reporting regulatory framework. And so usually it's not enough to just have that carbon data. Usually the, the data that you get for your carbon footprint needs to be supplemented with additional qualitative responses from, from you as a company after which you can kind of uh, submit the, the report. So uh, it'll help with regulatory reporting, but it won't kind of make it like a one-click solution, right? Not just yet. Right. Well, and, you know, we're talking about some of these solutions. We're talking about AI and sort of the emergent properties that are going to come from new regulations and new requirements and things like that. What are some of the the kind of tech trends and innovations that you see kind of coming out of that emergence and uh, sort of where we're living today at the intersection of software and decarbonization? Yeah, and also a question, and and kind of outside the tech piece there, Joe. I mean, maybe a little bit of more market context of where we see the market going. Okay. Um, for this piece, we've been doing these supply chain programs for a few years now, I'm learning a ton, right, about the the pain points, the needs, 
And we're almost, you know, we talked about incentives a little bit. We're almost seeing that change a little bit as, as we get closer to 2025 and 2030, like we talked about the pressures of Wall Street and investors. As we begin to see that change a little bit, we're now starting to, to see, I would say, more interaction, more incentives, almost more, not a stick approach, but a more aggressive approach with suppliers to walk with them, to guide them, to invest along with them, to invest in them, to help them on their decarbonization journey. Because really, the large, these large multinational corporates want, the baseline is great, the glide path is there. Some people are like, okay, now where, how do I take action? And really what this is, these programs today is within that Zygo platform of Hub and Activate, it helps them take that action, that scalable impact and, and, really making sure that as these large multinationals move into baking this into their supplier matrices or supplier development matrices or making it be, hey, if you want to grow, this is going to be a must-have journey we must go on together. This software piece, this education and engagement piece driving to action is really becoming really, really important. Even over the past six to 12 months, we've seen that change a little bit and a lot more demand and focus on helping the small and medium-sized suppliers in their supply chains. Yeah, you know, and, and that that sounds really good. And I know this is going to be probably an impossible question to answer because a year ago we weren't even talking about chat GPT and AI. And it seems like that's every conversation these days. But do you see a world maybe five, 10 years out where every corporation is kind of part of a cohort where there's like a Zygo energize for every yeah. industry? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So definitely. Right. I mean, even from Energize today, when that was launched, you know, about 18, 18 to 24 months ago, we're seeing other industry consortiums coming to the table saying, hey, we want this for our sector. Catalyze is, is one example. Right. We're actually in discussions now with multiple different sectors at, at different tiers within that supply chain. Right. As we move forward, some some closer to the source, some closer to the consumer. But we're seeing more and more demand to drive these industry-wide decarbonization efforts. And, and as time goes on, when you say 10 years from now, theoretically, there is an opportunity with these programs to backbuild an entire scope three network on specific supply chains or sectors that may be supplying one another with multiple tiers uh, throughout their supply chain. That's cool. I mean, it, it, it feels like there's a lot happening. And, you know, we talk about things like five, 10 years out, like it's a long way away, but in, in in the scope of really what's going on, it's, it's, you know, in business, that's nothing. How do you kind of advise businesses, advise clients and partners to like stay ahead of all this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty simple answer to be honest with you is painting that picture of the end in mind of where we're going and what the expectations are going to be. With these small and medium-sized companies, it's changing, like I just mentioned, right? There's going to be more regulations. There's going to be more expectations. They're going to have to increase their maturity, right? I mean, we, we saw with SBTI in 2022, the largest percent of companies that set SBTI targets were small and medium-sized companies, right? Right. So they're moving that direction. I think it was 58% of them. We're moving that direction to set their own targets. So staying ahead of them is, is really understanding what the needs are of the business. Those needs are changing from your clients and it's not becoming a nice to have anymore. It's becoming an expectation for you to start your decarbonization journey. Well, this has been great stuff. 
Dave Vishnu, thank you so much for being a part of the show. As we close here and we close this out, what kind of advice would you give to businesses that are looking to leverage software and kind of use more tech to have a transformative impact on their supply chain decarbonization? I would say start yesterday, right? You, you have to start. Yes. Why haven't you started yet? Right. Yeah. So we're going to fire up Zygo time machine and make this happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot, a lot of companies, right. I have, I've said 2030 targets, for example, Yes. 2030 is going to be here before you know it. I mean, look, I can yeah. see it is right there. So you can almost make out the three. And so, so the point is the earlier you plan and, and start taking action, the more options you have. Right. And that's very important because the longer you wait, the less options you'll have to hit that target. That's like next Monday. So if, if you don't take, if you take anything away from this podcast, right, I would request that it be this start right now. Do not wait. Couldn't be said better. I completely agree with you, Vishnu. Everyone is at a different point in their journey and their maturity. Start and do not be afraid to start and ask for help and guidance of where you may or where you potentially need to start and how to get to your goals. All right. Well, Vishnu, David, thanks so much for being yeah. a part of this series. Obviously, if this is the first one of these that you've heard, go back and listen to episodes one through three. We've done a deep dive into Zygo and uh, how using software and software as a service can really help companies decarbonize every aspect of uh, their operations. So once again, thanks so much. And uh, be sure to follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,